0: Gemara daf we're starting from the bottom of Mem Ahmed Amit Beis. We look at a brisa. Tani, Sheila. Sheila has a brisa. sholosh benara. There are three midos. In this context, midos means three different ways um, in regard to the nara that she can be punished. So we know generally, again, the punishment for an ish, ish who commits adultery is chenek. However, we have this very unique halacha for the naira Hamara. So the girl between 12 and 12 and a half, specifically while she is betrothed, but not yet fully married, and she hasn't yet been intimate with her husband, so if she's an adulteress, while she is an arah, and the husband here makes the claim, so he brings his witnesses, as we know, the witnesses come and say that we know that she committed adultery while she was an arah, then the halacha is that we stone her by the Pesach Beisaviyah, by the entranceway to her father's house. Again, if the Adem are found to be zomimin and they're found to be liars, then to the contrary, what we say is uh, that the husband has defamed his new bride and he gets uh, lashes and he pays money. So here we learn about the sholosh if the witnesses came after she already moved in to her father-in-law's house, which is a way of saying after in. and then the Edim come and testify that she committed adultery while she was still in her father's house, meaning while she was still in Arisa. So that's the typical case of what the Torah is talking about. She's already moved in, she's already gotten married, and now we discover that she was an adulteress while she was and Arusha, what's the halacha? We stone her at the entrance to her father's house. And that's the idea. We're really looking at the Pasuk of Motsi Shema. That's what it says. That's what the Pasuk says. If it was the matter, is found to be truth. But the husband is accusing her that she was an adulteress before he took her in. And they take her to the entrance of her father's house and they stone her. So that's clearly what the context of the Pasuk is that after the husband takes her in, and he says, I'm not finding any signs of virginity. And then he produces witnesses that she was Mazana before he took her in. So that's the classic case where the Torah says, we stone her by the entrance to her father's house. Why her father's house? Why is the Torah saying that? "Klaymar?" says the bride says, as if to say, look at the children which you have raised. And that's the idea. That the point is that the, the girl is a reflection of her family. So we're saying it's this house that made this all, uh, that all happen. Second case, in the Vesavia. let's say the witnesses came before she ever did in, so she's just in Arusah. and she's sitting in her father's house. Witnesses come and they testify that she commits adultery while she was still in her father's house. So they are so, Yes, we stone her. So interesting. Good. So she shil in Ayrahamarasa, but here, where do we stone her? Al Pesach Shara We stone her by the city gate. So it seems. That this is not by the Mozi shemah. This pasuk is not by the Mozi shemah. There's another pasuk where it says that if there would be a Naraha maorasa who was married to a man here Ma'rasa to a man, and the husband somebody finds her and has achesish with her, so you take them to the gate of the city and you give them and you give them skila. So here we're not giving them the skila by her father's house, but rather we're giving them the skila by the pasach which is very interesting to think about. Like what's the difference? The only difference is whether about whether or not it came about. Through the Motzi Shema. The Motzi Shema context is that now the husband is discovering that, hey, actually she was an adulteress while she was in Arusa. There the Torah makes the whole point of saying it's a reflection on her father's home, so on and so forth, and she is stoned by her father's house. But if it is a case where simply the witnesses are discovered to come, the witnesses are discovered to come by the, uh, by, by, and are discovered while she's still in her father's house, then we stone her by the city gate. Finally, we get a third case. So she, she was an adulteress, as or not. But then she became a Bogaris. So in other words, she matures into a Bogaris. And now witnesses come and say that while she was still in arusa, she, she, and, and anara, she committed the adultery. But the point is, now she is a Bogaris. So now she is a Bulgaris. And she only gets chanak. She gets the regular punishment for adultery. She doesn't get... Um, She's she just a regular strangulation. She does not get, she does not get the stoning. So this is a big chiddush. Why? Because why? Why not? Like the the, the crime was committed while she while she was still a Nara. So who cares that the trial didn't happen until until she was a Bulgarist. But still, ultimately, it was. Um, it was so the crime was committed when she was a nara. So it sounds like the idea is that since her body has changed and now at the time of the trial she's a mature girl, she's a bulgaris. So then the punishment is given the way she is at trial. And at trial, if it was a, if it was a bulgaris that we committed the crime, if the bulgaris did the eshish, what's the regular rule for a bulgaris? She's always chenek. So even though now as a bulgaris we're trying her for what she was as a nara, we still try her for what she was for, for as she is as a bulgaris, and therefore it's only of. So the Gamar challenges this last Mayra. This means to say, you're telling me wherever her body changes, then the matter in which she is executed that also changes. That's what it sounds like you're assuming, right? We're assuming that the matter of execution will change because her body changed. Now that she become a vulgar, she will only get chenek. Says the Quran menu. But look at this price. Here's another b'raisa. An who does adultery Bagra after she becomes a vulgar, the husband only defames her. After she's a so now she becomes a Bokerah, so Osman doesn't sue him, and then he says, hey, she's not a virgin, and he produces the witnesses that she had committed an adultery while she, she was a Nara Mara. So what's the law? Who ain't a loka? If, let's say, the accusation was false, you don't have the punishments of Mosi Shemra. He doesn't get the lashes, he doesn't pay the 100, Selah. Um, and the idea is because the Torah says specifically it's only for defaming Anar, even though he's claiming she committed adultery as Anar, but since the accusation is now to a the arrest, so he is not liable. If the accusation is true, so both she and her Edim, who are found to be men, get stoned. So first, the Gemara just clarifies that last statement. If the accusation is true, then she should be stoned. And if the accusation is not true, then the Edom should be stoned. But not both of them. Could it enter your mind to say that both she and the zoman witnesses are both executed? So it means either she is stoned if the accusation is true, or if the accusation is false, so then the Edom Zomen are stoned. So at any rate, what do, we, what do we see over here? We see that if the accusation is true, how is she executed? She's executed through stoning. So what do you mean? We're talking about a case where she became a Bogaris. And still, what do I say? That I don't execute her as a Bogaris with the regular punishment of Chanak. But I say that since the crime was committed as a, as a Nara, then we give her the punishment of the stoning. Now, even though now at the time of the trial, she is a bulgaris, So we're basically saying that Sheila's bride saw is arguing on this bride. So the second bride is clear that if I have a Nara, I'm a Rasa, And then he's motzi shamer on her after she turned to bulgaris, And it's found to be true that witnesses are calm. Then we give her stoning. Sheila's bride is talking about a case where the, Sheila happens to be talking about even a case where the girl didn't do Nassouin at all yet. But we just have the witnesses saying that she is Mizana in her father's house. But she turned to bulgaris before the trial. Sheila says she only gets Renech. So the Gemara answers Moti Motzi You are going to ask on Shiloh's b'risa for the second b'risa, where was Moti Shemra. Meaning the case in the second parisa is that she already moved in with her husband. They did Nesu'in, and then the husband is being Mozi Shemra. So in that case, Shani Motzi the The case of the of, 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 of moti Shemra is a big novelty. Why is that? Because if you think about it, every case of Motzi Shemra, the husband is producing witnesses after he has done Nesu'in. He is now bringing witnesses that she was Mizana while she was only betrothed. So there was always a, a switch in the girl's status between the adam coming, the trial, and when she was Mazana. She was, she was Mizana when she was not her So the witnesses are being produced after she's already in Asua. Mm-hmm. Normally a woman who does chlopah, even if she did a even have bia with her husband, as soon as she does chlopah, as soon as she's in Asua, the adultery happens. How is she punished? She's punished through strangulation, thrust through chenek. So what's the Pshad in, our, in, in Motsi Shema? Motsi Shema takes her back and says that the claim was, but you were Mizana, you did the adultery while you were Nama Rasa. And the Torah says the novelty is even though now at the time of trial, she's in Asua. but Motsi Shema takes you back to the time when she was Nama Rasa and the punishment is Iskila. Is Biski Law, so what do I see? I see it's a novelty. The Moatsy Shemra case, the Torah doesn't care about the fact that her body has changed, that she has underwent nisuin, and now the punishment for her would be chenek. No, that's not the way it works. Mozi is a novelty, even though she has changed in her status, we still try her based upon the time of the crime as a Nara. So if that's true, even if she turned a Bogaras, even if she turned a Bogares before the nisuin, if it's a Mozi Shemra case where the husband is bringing the claim after Nesuit and then bringing witnesses that she was Mizan as an Naira HaMaurasa, then she gets skila. That's the shot in the second prize saw. She loves prize the first prize saw, is talking about that witnesses came all before she didn't sue it. Not a Motsi Shema case. Huh? she's just a Naira HaMaurasa. And, and, and then if witnesses would come that she was Mizan and before she has moved in, she typically would get skila. But the brisa said if her body changed and she became a Bokaras, so then we say that she gets only the chenet. The whole halacha in, in Shila's bribes, um, the whole halacha, I'm sorry, in the second bribes that if she became a Bokaras, And it's still skilah, it's only in the motzi Shema scenario. Says the Gemara, we don't buy that answer. We're saying it's different because it's motzi Shema. Yes, it's true that there's a novelty in motzi Shema. And maybe the novelty is only in regard to the motzi Shema is only if her body didn't change. If the whole point is just that she underwent nisu'in. And she came to the chuppah, still we say that she is judged with stoning. Fine, I understand that. But that's maybe all where her physical body didn't change. the Gufa, if her body actually physically physically changed, like our case where she becomes a Bogaris. then maybe this Rahman, but the Torah does not say such a novelty. Meaning just because you look at the Torah's case that she underwent nisuin and that, and, and that's a change and you still judge her by being a Naira Marasa, that itself is not enough of a precedent to tell you that even if her body underwent the physical changes she became a Bokeres, that she should also be liable for a stone. So we haven't really reconciled it. We tried to reconcile Sheila's brisa with the that with the other bryasa about what doesn't make a difference whether or not uh, her body changed. We tried to reconcile that it depends if it was a scenario of Motzi's Shame Ra specifically where she underwent a suin or not. But the Kamara is not buying that that distinction makes sense. So now that we haven't, we, we haven't reconciled the bryasa with that point, so we're back shver. Does it make a difference if, if her body changed before the trial or not? Do I say she's still liable to the punishment of the Naira Marov so that she committed the time of the adultery? Or do I go after the time of the trial where her body now has changed and she should only get chenek? So, This factor, this variable that we're struggling with right now, doesn't matter if her body has changed between the crime and the trial, is actually a machlokas tanoi. Where do we find this machlokas tanoi? We're going to be drawing in very broad strokes here. It's not when we look at a mishnah. So we're looking at a mishnah now. A mishnah horias which is talking about the carbonos that it brings. Typically, when a person does a sin that b'shogeg that carries the carries penalty, if it's done for it means you bring a chatas. What's a chatas? So typically, it's a um, typically it's a, it's a nice little female sheep. That's what it is to so bring a chatas. But the Torah says there are different types of chatas. If you have a higher status, a kohen brings a par. A king brings a ear. Whereas again a regular person just brings a female a female lamb. So what about if somebody's status changed between the time that they sinned and the time that they became aware of the sin? The the yidia, sachet, the realization of the sin, is like the trigger for when you're actually. Chay. So what happens? These people sinned before they were appointed as, let's say, a king or a Kohen gadol. and then they were appointed They're still treated like a hedir meaning you, all, you go after the time of the sin. They bring the, the regular female lamb, even though now their body has changed in the sense that they've underwent the status to become a king or a king. Although, the carbon does not switch. You go after the time of the sin. This is the first opinion of the Tanakhama. Rabbi Shimon Eimer, No, it depends. If this sin became aware to them, so the trigger for the chiv was already there before their appointment, then they're liable to bring the regular chata, so or any regular person brings, the little lamb female lamb but Manu. if they only became aware of the sin after they were appointed as Koen Gadol or as king where now the liability for carbon is different so then they are exempt you don't bring any carbon at all unbelievable idea what's shot they got off the hook because what Shivan says is that when your body changes so then the carbon changes so now you're like it's like you're stuck because the sin was committed, the chiv would be one thing, but at the time of the idea of the chet, which is the trigger, you're not under that thing. So therefore, there's no mechayiv of either carbon, which is a fascinating thing. You don't have to bring the female lamb, you don't have to bring the male lamb. Either way, you don't have it. So now what do I see? I see that there's a machlokas if a change in status between between the sin and the trigger of the punishment, which is the idea of the chet, do, do, do you go after the time of the sin or after what the time that you're being tried? So it's the same way you have that machlokas tanam, in that context, so now we're going to draw it over to us. Really, not my Rasul is Beskila. Bilkeres, whose Mazana is Bechenek. If her body changed between the time of her adultery and the time that she has tried, does she get Skila or Chenek? According to the Tanakama, you would say she gets Skila. According to Rabbi Shimon, she would get the Chenek because her body has changed. Says the Gemara at the top of the Amid You only see, Rabbi Shimon says, that you've also factored in the time of the Yadiyah. Meaning, Rabbi Shimon wasn't saying. That you go after what you are now and therefore you bring the new carbon. or Shimon was just saying that both the, you need both points. You, in order to have either either one, either to bring a female lamb or a male, or male, has to be that both the Chet and the Yediyah happened in the same status. Do you see you only follow the time where there was, where there was a Yediyah, the Chet, and not follow the time of the sin? Do you see that about him? And King Laisi, Karmen, give me a why doesn't Reb Shimon say that when the sin, that when this, the status switches, you should bring the carbon according to the current status? If he's a kohen you should bring a bull, and the king should bring a higo. Right? You don't see that Reb Shimon says that if the chat the status switches, you go after the stat the, what you are now. He just said you get off the hook. What's the point you get off the hook? You need both the Chet and the idea to be in the same status. So, the equivalent of that would be saying that if the girl was, let's say, Mazanas and Ammar and then she became a Bokeh, she doesn't get punished at all. But that's not the price that we had. The price that we had is that instead of getting Skila, she gets Chenna. So, we can't say that that's Reb Shimon by drawing this parallel. If it would be Reb Shimon drawing the parallel, she, she should be totally off the hook. So now that we refuted that answer as well, so now the question comes back. Does it, again, matter if an aromarasa is mizana and then her body changed to become a bulgaras? Before the trial, does it matter or does it not? We have a machlokes Astira in the Tanan. So the Gemara amends the text of one of the bridesmaids. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan said to the Tana who said the bridesmaid of Shelah, Tani, you should teach the bridesmaid with the following change. Tidon Biskila. If she sinned as an ar- and then she became a bulgaras, she is still punished with stoning. So now she gets the punishment of the Nara, not the Bogara. So very good. We changed the Girsah. And now we continue. That Now everything stims. We do not say that because her body has changed, the punishment changes. So now, very interesting. The Gemara now, after accepting that, we reconcile the Brat. We made both prize make sense. And uh, now what's the halach? Even if her body changes, you go after the time of the sin. Now that we've done that, now the Gemara pops up and says, no, can't be how could it be that if the girl's body switched by the time of the trial not just a you still give her Marasa stoning when the Torah speaks about stoning the girl it says you stone the Nara for at this point she is a Bulgari. So meaning it's very interesting that the Gemara now just says it's logic it cannot be that we just go after her time of the uh, of, of the sin because the Torah specifically emphasizes that you execute the stoning is given to the Nara. she's now Vulgar, so you can't punish so Amar we look at it from the pasuk Amar Ha Narah they take out the Nara out and they stone her so what's the hey Ha Narah she who was previously a narah so basically what we're saying is with the fact that it says. Anara nara it's an extra word, so we say that the extra word is coming to say, even if she was only a Nara at the time she committed the sin, even though currently she's not a Nara at the time she's convicted, you still give her the punishment of stoning. So we're trying to put it into the word of the it Says the apostles. If the word anara means even a girl who was previously a Nara, despite the fact that now she's a Bulgaras, so if she's found, the witnesses are true, she would give her stoning. So if, let's say, he defamed her when she was a Nara, I'm sorry, when she was a Bogaris, but he defamed her by saying that when she was a Nara, she had committed adultery and then his Aydin were found to be Zomamin. So, no konami is amesela naimelashala. He should receive the Malkus and also pay the 100 slum. Even we, Ahmed Aleph, said we all agree that if you he defamed her and his Aydin were found to be Zomamin, if she's currently a Bogaras the husband, the defamer, the guilty party doesn't receive the punishment because now she's a Bolgarash. So, how do, we have our, how do we play both sides here? Clopping when the claim is true and we want to know how we punish her. We say, hanara, hanara, isa, shay, isa and we say she gets stoned. But when it's found, the are found to be Zomimin and the husband is guilty of defaming her, what do we say? Oh, she's currently a Bolgarash, so he doesn't get the lashes and he doesn't pay. Why not? So, Hashem should save us from the way that you understand. She's an unbelievable. Meaning to say, I don't even have to respond to your question, and like it's not even a good question at all. So Rav obviously says, "Ad the Rabach Monal Sana Hashem should save us from your understanding. So the Gemara really tries to understand. But time am I? Like, What's shot that there's a difference between her punishment and hers and his? That her punishment. Um, she's going to get the punishment, even if she turns to Bulgaria, she gets stoned. Whereas he, if he defamed her when she was currently in he doesn't get punished. What's pshat? And now finally, we get the heavy lumdus of motzi shema. It's right there in the Torah that the punishment for her, if it's true, is stoning, and if it's for him that he defamed her, then it is lashes and money. But there's a chilek in the, what the punishment is for. Zu for klapi the woman ma Garmulah. It was the adultery, the actions which he's being punished for. The Zab, but the husband when he's guilty, akim false of Garmulo, It's the, literally the curving of his lips, meaning his its words. It's the defamation which he's bringing him liability. Therefore, zuma Garmulo, the woman who she's being punished if she her punishment comes for adultery, she's zana is nara zana. We go after the time of the sin. The adultery was committed when she was a nara. So who cares that she turned into a vulgarish? The punishment is for what she did. If the punishment is for what she did, then we should go after the time of the crime the time of the crime she was in Nara, therefore we give her the stoning, but the defamer it's out running out of his mouth which made him punished. Right, The fact that he defamed Amos Kamachai. So when is the liability coming? When he speaks. At that moment, since in that moment she's a Bogaris, therefore he's not liable. So you're liable for defaming a Nara. But if I defame a Bogaris and say that when she was a Nara, she committed adultery, that's not defaming a Nara. That's defaming a Bogaris. So we come out very clear. If a girl was a Bogaris, I'm sorry, was a Nara, and, and then turns to Bulgaris. And now the husband is claiming that while she was still in Arama, she committed adultery. If the claim is found to be true, we stone her. If the claim is found not to be true, the husband is off the hook. Continues to come out, we bring a bride. As we said, the Pasuk, when it comes to defaming, after the Athen came after she was already a married woman. We give her Skila, and we do it by her father's house. In Let's say the father has no house. Sokhlun Oso al then we just give her the stoning by the city gate. What happens if the city is a majority of Gayim? Then we don't do it by the city gate, rather, Oso al we do it by the entrance to the courthouse. That was the Yiddish courthouse. In the town, that's where we give her the stoning. You find this similarly. Someone who does worships Ada we stoned him at the gate of the city in which he did the Avodhazara. But if the city is mostly Gayim, Sokhlun Oso al then we give him the stoning by the entrance to the courthouse says the Gemar How do we all know all these and It says in the Pasuk. So here we're taking a look at the Pasuk. By Parsha Shafdim. We're talking about someone who did Abu Dazar. So it says you take the man or the woman out who did this. To your gates. To your Sha'arachah. So what gates are we talking about? The gate of the city in which he worshipped. In other words, let's say he was worshipped in city one. And then he, the court case though took place in another city. We return him to the gate of the first city before we give him the stoning. Atom or Sha'ar so Sha'ab The price of challenges. You say it means the gate in which he did the Abod Zara. Oh, Eino Ela. Maybe not. Maybe it means the gate of the city where he was judged. So we say Nemar Lamata. It says Sharachal below. Later on, we'll see where that is. But Nemar la Lamala. It says Sharachal here earlier. So what are we talking over here? So we say that in the beginning of the parsha, it says, "If it would be someone amongst you in one of your gates," the pasuk says someone who goes and does a Vodazara, then it says the person who did the wrong thing is taken to your gate and you give him the stone. So it says it twice. Once above, the above is talking about when the crime happened, and once below when it's talking about when he is stoned. So just says the one that's talking above in the beginning of the parish is talking about where he did the crime, so to the Shar that's talking about his punishment means the Shar where he did the crime. So now we understand by a that the idea is you are meant to give him the stoning specifically by the gate of the city where the Avodah Zarah took place. What does it mean, your gate? Your gate, but not the gate of the So if majority of the city is Goyim, so then it's not called your gate. And the Torah is saying that then you don't do it by the city gates, and rather you would do it where? By the gate of the base. So the Gemara says, how'd you make a second trasha? I, Sha'arecha, how I picked it. That expression of Sha'arecha, you already used up, right? That we used up to say that you use it at the gate of the city where you did Avodazar. How are you using it again to make another trasha to exclude the gate of the Ga'ish city? So the Gemara says, Im Kain, if it was only coming to tell you that you're stoned by the gate in the city where you did shah, I could have just said gate. My Sha'arecha. What does it mean, your gate? Ishra minah are able to learn the second halacha. The second halacha, that if it's a city of mostly gayim, so it's not called your gate, since it's not called your gate, then you wouldn't do it by the, by the, by, by the city's gates, rather by the gates to the basement. Okay, so that's all the background by Avodah Zahra. So the Gemara now says, How do we know the same flies to the Nair Mal-rasa? How do you know the Nair with The Apostle says to do it where by the entrance to her father's house. How do you know that if the father's house is not there, let's say the father doesn't have a house, that she's stoned by the city's gate, or at the courthouse gate if it's mostly Goyim. How do you know that? So the Gemara says, We learn of the word Pesach, which is said by the Nair Marasa, from the term Pesach, which is said, it's actually here, it's by the, uh, by the Mishkan. It says the word Pasach. Um, that's what we're going to look at by the Mishkan. No, Pesach Mishar. And then the term Pasach from the Mishkan, from the term Shar, which is written in the same Pasach, as soon as talking about the, the Mishkan, it says by the, by the entrance of the gate of the Chatzim. And Shar, we learn from She'arachah, which is taking place back by Zarah. So basically, by Abodazara, it says Sharachah, and we know, as we said, it means the gates of the basin if it's mostly Gayim, or the gates of the city if it's not. Now we learn Shar and Pesach, Shar to Pesach by Mishkan, and then Pesach to Pesach from Mishkan over to Narahama Rasa, and we end up with the point that the Narahama Rasa, again, preferably by your father's house, if by your father's house, if not there, then by the entrance to the city. But if it's a city that's mostly Goyim then it will be by the gate of the basement. Alright, now we get a little bit more into the law of the Motzhema. So again, Mozishema, where the Edom are found to be Zomimim. So the Torah says he's punished with the money, and it also says viyisruo. So viyisruo so means that you get lashes. We're going to learn that tomorrow specifically. That the word viyisruo so yisru just means a punishment, but we're going to say that through Xavier that it means lashes. Now, just a little bit of background is that usually when a person does an avirah, a lav ma'isa, if you do a lav which carries a ma'isa, in other words, it's done through an action, then there is malchus, but lav bo is machlokas tano. The Rabbanan say there are no lashes. Rabita says there are lashes. By Motsi Shemra, it's an interesting thing. The person hasn't done an action. He has only defamed her, right? What did he do already? He's only, he's only opened his mouth. He is not doing an action. And yet, the so here clearly means that there are lashes. So here we get involved with Somebody who's defaming the bride. He falsely accuses her of committing adulteries in Arusa. And then it's found that his Aden was open and that he was wrongly defaming her. So he gets Malchus and he pays the 100 slum. If you're talking about lashes, then it doesn't matter whether or not he had bia with her or he stommed defamed her without having bia with her, you're always going to get lashes. In other words, if you think about it, the scenario of the Moshe Shema can happen in the typical scenario is he has bia with her. He's like, hey, she's not a virgin. Oh, he goes and he finds and produces witnesses that she committed adultery while she was Marasa. But then you could also have a case of defamation without the bia. You could have a new uh, 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 husband who didn't yet, wasn't yet intimate with his bride and he's still making a claim that she was Mizanah. So Rabbi says, even if he didn't have bia, l- l- Lilkos, if it's just a question of getting the lashes, he's always going to get the lashes, even if he didn't have a bia with her. But Mea Selah, regarding the fine, Baal, if he had bia with her, and then that, that's how, that's what precipitated the false defamation, then no sin, you have to pay. Lo if he didn't have bia, Lo then he doesn't pay. So basically, the Machlokas is, in the scenario in the Torah, it's the literal text sounds like that he had bia with her, and then he comes and he defames her. So Rabbi Uda says that, therefore, the fine of paying the money is only going to be if he had the bia with her. He didn't have the bia with her. He defamed her. He's not going to be paying the fine. The Rabbanon don't hold that way. The Rabbanon hold that the case of Mosi Shemra doesn't have to be specific to where he had bia with her, and that's what precipitated the defamation. But Rabbi Yehuda, even though he holds that the case of Moshe is only with defamation, or that comes after bia, that's only klape the fine. But for the lashes, you're always going to get lashes because Rabbi Yehuda holds, Lav She'in ma'isa, like in a lav. So stam, you do a lav, you're spreading rechilah, so say look, rafel, right? You're saying lashanara So according to Rabbi Yehuda, you're always going to get the lashes, regardless if it fits the scenario of Moshe on the Torah or not. Nagamar explains, commit to people to read the Blaz Vaku They're arguing about the machalus <laughs> of Razim Yaku and the Rabban. This is what the price is saying. A moti shaman local vinos and layasala the Tanakama who is that you someone who defames his wife gets lashes and pays the hundred slum. It doesn't make a difference if he had Bia or not. That's like the Rabbanan's opinion. The Rabban say Moti Shema scenario in the Torah is not specific to where he had a Bia. Even though again the simple text is Mahma that way, we will see in tomorrow's Daf. That is not the case. According to the Rabbanan, we interpret the pesukim in ways that we, we, it does not important that the husband is defaming her after he came to her and intimately. It doesn't make a difference whether he did or he didn't. If he defamed her and it's false, he gets the lashes and the money. Whereas Rabbi Yudah is saying like this: the lashes you always get because again the lashes can come from motzi Shemra even without the parsha of motzi Shemra on the torah. Damn, he's doing an avera, even though it's in maiz. Rabbi holds you get lashes. Regarding the money, Baal, if he had Bia nosing, he does pay low value nosing. I was going like Rav Blasman Yaakov. Rav Blasman ya, holds that Parsha Moti She'ira is only talking about if he slandered after the Bia. Therefore, the money is only going to be if the defamation came after the Bia. But Klape the lashes, Rabbi Yuda agrees. The lashes comes anyway because Rabbi Yuda's Shita happens to be that La'v She'im B'Maisa still gets Malkus. Says the Gemara. Other people interpret the Machlokas differently. The whole bride was like Rebbe Lazebun Yaakov, meaning both the Tanakhama and Rebued the like Rebbe Lazebun Yaakov, that what? The Parsha Moshe Shemra is only after bia. If he defames her without Biyah, then there's no Parsha Moshe Shemra. The punishments on the husband are not there. This is what the Brayza is saying. The one who defamed the wife gets lashes and pays, that's only if he had bia with her. Again, like her Lazebun If there was no bia, So then what? He's not going, according to the Tanakhama. he doesn't get lashes because that's a lav in Boma And... And there's no payment, and there's no payment because he, it's not coming after B.R. You do my locals, let me come a then adds his point. No, I hold the lashes are there, are there, regardless. And posh, Just the reason is, is because of uh, the general love of gossip. According to Yuda, warned lashes because he holds the lashes of my local. frank D. Gamar, but locals will come a Is this really true that Rebuda holds that the lashes are always there? Just for slandering her. But Tanya says in the price, Rebido lo says we he had Bia with her, he does get lashes. If he didn't have Bia with her, he doesn't get lashes. Clearly, Rebido does subscribe to the same point that Moti Shem only after the Bia occurred. And if the Bia didn't occur, then you don't get lashes at all. So it's a stira. Here we're saying that Rebido, the lashes are here no matter what, even if he didn't sleep with her. And yet in this price, Rebido is saying that even the lashes are only there if he had Bia with her. So the Gemara answers are <laughs> marvinachim. Yitzhak loka margaz 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 If you just said it in the first prize that you got lashes even if it wasn't after Biyah, He meant lashes that are midirabonan. Sometimes the court can give you lashes when even when it's not Meikar hadin. There's a time that the midirabonan, they'll give you margaz Mardas for someone who's rebelling against the court. Just to impose their authority of the court, the court can give, uh, can give lashes. So basically what we're saying over here is that Revuda agrees that the lashes on the ariso level is only after the bia. But Medirah since this guy, think about what he's doing, he's defaming a girl, a bad reputation, this and that, there might be a Marcos Marcos Medirah Now, the obvious question that we're left with though is that why Rebhuda does hold, we know from Asaka's Marcos. And the Gemara was working that previously, that Laafshimbo Misa is love. So what's Takab shot That it's only Markas Midra Midramon. Why don't I say that the Malka should be Midar Aisa, even though it's Ambo Misa, if Reb normally is, Laafshimbo Misa, love. So the answer is, because here the Torah specifically said, that the defamation brings Malchus. It said, which means Malchus. And the defamation the Torah is talking about is La'athribia. So the Torah actually excluded it from its normal rule. Yes, it's true that normally there is a rule that La'af Shekma lokin But here the Torah seems to write in this context of the scenario of Moti Shemra that if there was a scenario where he came to her and then defamed her, that is where he can get lashes if it was wrong. So the Torah excludes getting the lashes in a regular case and it's only getting uh, he's only getting a Dura lashes as we just said says the Gemara Papa Amara Papa says a different answer My bow, Loka the Aslan. Awesome. What's the meaning of the bride that he gets lashes? If he didn't get Bia, he doesn't get lashes. What was the Bryce you talking about if really he gets lashes all the time So what does it mean? He only gets lashes after he had Bia with her. The answer is Mamun. Loka, if you think about it, literally means you get hit So we can say it like as a euphemism you get hit in your pocket, right? You get hit in your pocket means you pay money so really the money is what depends on the bia. But you're right, the lashes themselves are there even without Bia. So the Maman Malkus, would a Tana use such a language that monetary loss we're gonna to refer to that as lashes? Like does Tana usually speak that way? So the like, Gemara um, says in we show that we do speak that way, as it says in a so it says in a so, Omar So there's a din of Erichim where somebody takes an assessment of their value to pleasure to base a mikdash and the Torah gives different uh, values. Depending what age bracket the person's in. So let's say somebody says, I take upon myself to give half of my Erech. he gives half of the Erech. But he actually gets lashes. You notice in he has to pay the full thing. So the Martyr says, What do you mean? He didn't do a sin. Loka am I. Why do you get lashes? It means he gets hit in his pocket that he has to pay the full Erech valuation. So that's what it means. We see that, er- that loka can be used and that euphemism to mean you get hit in your pocket. In the sense that instead of paying half of the Erech, you actually pay the whole Erech. What's Pshat? My time. He only accepted himself half. Why is he getting the full? Because Erech There's a difference between saying Chetzio Erech, half the value, and the Erech valuation of my half. If I say half of my body, that value, there I do pay the half. I do pay the whole. Why? Because Erech Chetzio. Because half your body means your whole body. Why? Because you can't live with half your body. So if somebody says the Erech of, let's say, my heart is upon me, since I can't live without my heart, it's, it's tantamount to saying my whole Erech is upon me. So even though that's not the words I said, I didn't say the Erech of half my body. I said half of my Erech, right? But there's a distinction. We're nervous, even though the distinction is there. We're nervous. It's confusing between saying the evaluation of half my body, which is tantamount to the full thing. Therefore, even if he said, uh, we make him put pay the full thing. And that's what the language was, that you get hit. So bottom line, we're coming out of a little bit of introduction to Moses Shema. We'll learn more about tomorrow. The scenario of defamation, the simple of the pasuk is that he already came to her and had Bia with her. And then he defames her. The punishment is lashes and money. The Rabbanon hold, no, it doesn't make a difference if he had Bia with her or not. Both the punishments of the lashes and the money are still there. Rabbi menyakov Yaakov holds. It is important. It's only after Bia. Now there's another question. What about, if you hold like Rabbi menyakov so the money is only paid if he had, if, if he defames her after bia. What about the lashes? If you owe lachshim lemaisel so like in a love, would there be lashes? That's what the gemara of Shach of the Taryan aliba de Rebbe